Good morning, brothers and sisters. I have to admit, I miss the times of worship we have together in the assembly. It kind of reminds me of the early days in the uh, in the book of Acts of the church. They uh, often met from home to home and worshiped and fellowshiped together, broke bread. And then at a certain time, they'd meet on Solomon's porch and uh, one of the apostles or teachers or evangelists would share testimony about Jesus. I also remember precious times on a, on a visit that I had to Chile. And in the city of Temuco, they had a practice that is also different from ours. On the Lord's Day morning, they would meet in their homes, maybe two families or three families in various homes throughout the city. And then in the afternoon, they'd come together for a corporate meeting all together, and some brothers would share the word of God. So may the Lord help us this morning. I hope you've had a time of worship together. As we come and study the word, we ask the Lord to help us. Over the last few months, the Lord has laid it upon the brothers' hearts for us to share on this theme of laying hold of the Lord. And now in our present circumstances, separated, this is a wonderful opportunity for us to lay hold of the Lord in deeper and richer ways. We've had a theme verse during this season. It's from Philippians chapter 3 and verse 12. And in that verse, Paul says, Not, not that I have already obtained or have already become perfect, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which also I was laid hold of by Christ Jesus. Paul is referring to his lifelong desire and motive to lay hold of everything that there is in Christ Jesus. This verse speaks of a great mystery of God's love for us. 
And as we've studied this, this passage together, we realize that this mystery is threefold. First, the Lord lays hold of us by his great salvation. The Lord pursues us and loves us and laid down his life that we as sinners may be saved. How wonderful a day it was for Paul when the Lord laid hold of him on the road to Damascus and Paul became the Lord's servant. But after his salvation, Paul learned two more great mysteries of God's love. Paul discovered that not only did the Lord lay hold of him, but the Lord wanted Paul to lay hold of him. And Paul realized that by the grace of God, he was able to run after and lay hold of the Lord Jesus and know him more and more. But he also discovered a third mystery within this loving story. When the Lord laid hold of Paul, he had a purpose and a calling for Paul to fulfill. And so the Lord wanted Paul to pursue his calling, his high calling in Christ Jesus and fulfill all according to God's eternal purpose. So we discover that the Lord lays hold of us when he saves us. But that he also has a calling for us to fulfill in Christ Jesus. And he also wants us to lay hold of the Lord himself with increasing knowledge of his great and deep love for us. So we have been thinking about this matter of laying hold of the Lord and his calling for us. And over several messages for myself, I have been using Old Testament saints to illustrate this process of laying hold. We spoke about Jacob. He was loved by the Lord and chosen by the Lord from the very beginning. And the Lord in his love pursued Jacob for many years. But 
but we have the wonderful picture story in Jacob's life when the Lord laid hold of him at Paniel. There the Lord wrestled with him. He wrestled with Jacob's natural stubborn man. He broke Paul's strength, Jacob's strength. The Lord was laying hold of Jacob. But we also see that that wrestling match was the moment that Jacob laid hold of the Lord. He laid hold of the Lord and would not let him go until he blessed him. Jacob came to know the Lord from that day on. But Jacob also began to fulfill his eternal purpose as a patriarch in the, in the kingdom of God. Jacob became the link to fulfill God's promise to Abraham in having many children. And then Jacob was the link that enabled God to have a chosen people. And Jacob also became in the line of the Lord Jesus who would come as Savior of the world. So the Lord laid hold of Jacob. And in the end, Jacob laid hold of the Lord and his purpose. We also looked at the life of Samson. It was a tragic life. The Lord laid hold of Samson at his birth as a Nazarite and gave him great strength to deliver Israel from the Philistines. Yet in Samson's stubborn fleshly life, he would not lay hold of the Lord, nor his purpose. And in the end, he was defeated, blinded, and captured by the enemy. Now, from Samson's story, we see an amazing thing. God used Samson and his gifts and his calling for good, even in spite of Samson's rebellion. And the Lord sometimes uses us in spite of our own fleshly ways. But this is not God's highest way. Thank God the Lord is merciful. 感谢主，他是怜悯的神。
because we see that Samson, at the very end, laid hold of the Lord and his purpose. In his last prayer, he prayed to the Lord to give him strength to fulfill his calling as a judge over Israel. And Samson laid hold of the temple's columns and crushed and, and destroyed the temple, and many of the Philistines died. And by the mercy of God, the testimony of Samson in Scripture in Hebrews 11 was that he was a man of faith who was mighty in war. Now this morning we want to look at a third Old Testament character, Samuel. Our brother just read a scripture this morning from this life. And if you'll open your Bible, I'd like for us to read just some passages from 1 Samuel as we begin to study his life. We begin in chapter 1 and verse 10. And here we have the story of Hannah's cry for a child. And so in verse 10 and 11, we read, Hannah was greatly distressed and prayed to the Lord and wept bitterly. And she made a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your maidservant and remember me, and not forget your maidservant, but will give your maidservant a son, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life, and a razor shall never come upon his head. 被女赐我一个儿子,我必使他终身归于耶和华,不用剃头刀剃他的头。And then we'll just notice chapter 2 and verse 18. 然后我们读第二章第十八节。Now Samuel was ministering before the Lord as a boy wearing a linen ephod. 那时撒摩尔还是孩子穿着细麻布的衣服的, and then verse 1 of chapter 3. Now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord before Eli. And the word from the Lord was rare in those days. And visions were infrequent. And 
And then we know the story of the Lord calling Samuel. We want to read a few verses from there. Let's begin in verse 7 of chapter 3. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, nor had the word of the Lord yet been revealed to him. So the Lord called Samuel again for the third time, and he arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. Then Eli discerned that the Lord was calling the boy. And Eli said to Samuel, Go lie down, and it shall be if he calls you that you shall say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Then the Lord came and stood and called as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. And then we just want to read a few verses from the end of chapter 3, beginning in verse 19. Thus Samuel grew, and the Lord was with him, and let none of his words fail. All Israel from Dan, even to Beersheba, knew that Samuel was confirmed as the prophet of the Lord. And so the Lord appeared again at Shiloh, because the Lord revealed himself to Samuel at Shiloh by the word of the Lord. Thus the word of Samuel came to all Israel. This morning we look at the life of Samuel, who was wonderfully laid hold of as a child. And unlike Samson, fully laid hold of the Lord and his purposes for him in serving God in his generation. There are three interesting comparisons we make between Samson that we talked about last time and Samuel. They have similar backgrounds. Number one, both, li both lived in the dark days of the judges. 
呃呃黑暗的时代，就是有士师的那个时代里。There was no king. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. 没有王，他们各自做他们自己觉得是对的。And furthermore, they had lost the center of their life together at the tabernacle of Shiloh. 所以他们就失去了那个会幕，就是在四罗的会幕，然后失去了他们属灵的中心。A second comparison is that both Samuel and Samson were miraculously born from godly families whose mothers were barren. 然后同样的，他们两个都是啊、呃，从不孕的母亲生生下来的。This testifies of our Lord. God sovereignly raises up judges according to His choice and not man's. So, God chooses judges, not according to His choice. But secondly, their miraculous birth was a testimony of God's mercy upon the remnant of Israel who remained faithful in times of spiritual discipline. They also testify that God chooses those.
being holy vessels to serve the Lord. So Paul also mentioned that we all know the passage in Romans chapter 12 regarding consecration. This is a key to laying hold of our Lord. As we present our bodies as a free will offering and a holy sacrifice to the Lord, the Lord meets us and lays hold of us according to purpose. When Paul writes in 2 Timothy of some of the problems in the church, he reminds them of the importance of holiness as we serve the Lord. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 19, Paul says this. Nevertheless, the firm foundation of God stands, having this seal. The Lord knows those who are his, and everyone who names the name of the Lord is to abstain from wickedness. The Lord is looking for holy vessels to serve him. And he knows those whose hearts are truly his. So when it comes to the life of Samuel, well, we all know his story, I think, pretty well. The Bible introduces the story of Samuel by talking about Hannah's predicament. Samuel's mother had to lay hold of God's purpose for her life as well. The Lord knows the desires of our hearts. And the scriptures say, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. And of course, Hannah's desire above all else was to have a child. But after years of not having a child, she grew more and more obsessed and tormented by the bitterness of her barren womb. Whenever they went to Shiloh for the annual feasts, as they feasted together, Hannah couldn't rejoice or enjoy the feast because she wanted a child so badly. Uh, 
after years of sorrow and desperation, she finally made a vow which touched on God's purpose. 过了许多年之后，哈拿终于有一个许了一个愿，呃，摸着了耶和华的心。She said, "If you will give your maidservant a son, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life, and the razor shall never come on his head." 所以他说，皇军之耶和华，你如果赐给啊、呃、你的仆女啊啊、呃呃、一个小孩，我就将他奉献给神，然后啊、呃、这个剃头刀不会到他头上。Hannah in her anguish had discovered the secret of God's purpose. 所以哈娜在她的心里发现这个达到神旨意的秘诀。She wanted a son. But God also needed a holy servant in Israel. So he wants a son, but God also needs a holy servant in Israel. And so, when Hannah made her vow, God's will and Hannah's will met, and the child was born. So, when Hannah made her vow, God's will and Hannah's will met, and the child was born. So, when Hannah made her vow, This is such a lesson for us as we pray and agonize over things we desire. So, when we are in our hearts and desires, this should be the secret to our prayers. Our desires from our heart are often very near to the Lord's desires if we are only willing to lay down our own self-desires. So, actually, often our prayers are very near to the Lord's desires. So we have the wonderful record of Samuel's growth as a little Nazarite child, growing up in grace and holiness. So Samuel, he is growing up in grace and holiness. So Samuel, he is growing up in grace and holiness. So Samuel, he is growing up in grace and holiness. So Samuel, he is growing up in grace and holiness. So Samuel, he is growing up in grace and holiness. Hannah 就把撒母耳带到示罗，然后在那边献他给神。And every year Hannah returned, having made him a another linen ephod to with which to wear and serve the Lord as he grew from year to year. 然后每一年哈拿就啊、uh, 为他织一个细麻衣，然后他能够侍奉神。It was a time of great blessing for the Lord. 这对神来讲是一个。Eli found a true spiritual son in his and little Samuel. He Eli 也在撒母耳身上得着了一个真正的属灵的儿子 And the Lord also blessed Hannah with three more sons and two more daughters. 所以神也祝福哈拿，给他了三个儿子，两个女儿。Now, before the Lord really laid hold of Samuel, we already see three wonderful lessons. So, when we get Samuel, we already see three wonderful lessons. The first lesson is this. The first lesson is this. Those who would serve the Lord in His kingdom must become like a little child. We, if we want to serve the Lord in His kingdom, we must become like a little child. We remember in Matthew chapter eighteen and verse four. Matthew 福音十八章第四节那边提到 
that the Lord Jesus in teaching his disciples said, whoever then humbles himself is this child. He is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. There was Samuel doing service, simple, innocent, obedient service to the Lord. Many of us want to serve the Lord, but we're too big to serve in little ways, as we find Samuel doing. So our first privilege should be serving the Lord in the house of God in simple little ways. But a second lesson we also learn is how valuable to God is a child who was raised in Christ and saved early in his life. Many children who are raised in the house of the Lord feel like they're missing something, that they're, that they're not big sinners or that they have no testimony. But we see in the life of Samuel and of Timothy and many others that God looks for this beautiful child who's been nurtured in the word and in holiness by their parents as they grew up. But a third lesson that we learn from Samuel's early days is that without a vision, we can only serve in the Lord's house. You remember that we read, now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, nor had the word of the Lord been revealed to him. It's only after Samuel saw the Lord that he could begin to lay hold of the Lord and his calling. Of course, if he had never been serving in the house of the Lord, he would never have seen the Lord. So we come to the moment when Samuel was laid hold of by God as he called him. Now we remember that the Lord uh, kept calling Samuel, Samuel, but Samuel kept running to Eli but three times, thinking, Eli was calling him. Oh, so, uh, this is the It was then that Eli sensed it was the Lord calling the young boy. So, And if you look carefully in chapter 3 and verse 10, you'll see that in this fourth time, Samuel not only heard the Lord, 
but he saw the Lord. So, in verse 10, it says, Then the Lord came and stood and called, as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. Here was the Lord laying hold of this young prophet. And Samuel, in a most simple way, just saying, Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. This little moment became a very important moment in the life of Israel. In the past of Israel's history, there had been many who had prophesied, but Samuel was the first prophet who was called and commissioned as a prophet of the Lord in the Old Testament. So it says Samuel grew, and the Lord was with him. And let none of his prophetic words fall to the ground. By the time he was a teenager, all of Israel knew that Samuel was confirmed as a prophet of the Lord. And though the tabernacle in Shiloh had been ignored and left without repair for a long time, now he, the Lord appeared again in Shiloh, and many people came to receive a word from the Lord from Samuel. So we see by God's grace and calling that he laid hold of Samuel for this work as a prophet of the Lord. But now the question is, did Samuel lay hold of the Lord? I ask this question because when a prophet receives a vision, he also receives a burden. You remember at the beginning of chapter 3, it says the word from the Lord was rare in those days, and visions were infrequent. And despite Israel's low spiritual estate, most people had no burden about the condition of Israel. But Samuel, when he heard the Lord and the Lord began speaking to him, had to carry a burden because he saw the true spiritual state of his people. He had seen the arms of so many of the Lord's leaders. But he had to remain faithful. 
Would he take on this calling as a prophet of the Lord, even though it meant carrying a heavy burden? And we see illustrated in the young life of Samuel also, that when he received vision, he also had to carry his cross. If you remember the story, when the Lord spoke to Samuel, he told him terrible judgments that were about to come upon Eli and his family and the tabernacle in Shiloh. And we see the morning after he received that word, that he was hesitant and fearful of telling Eli the words that had been spoken to him. How could a little boy speak such a word of judgment? But he bore the cross and forget, forgot about himself and spoke the word when Eli asked. It's interesting to watch the rest of the life of Samuel as he bore the burdens of Israel and carried the cross of speaking the word of God to them. Our childhood picture of Samuel as an innocent little child serving the Lord, he, he's transformed over the years onto a an unbending, stern, righteous prophet of Israel. The Lord made him stand as a stern testimony to the righteous standard of God. In this, we know, was not his natural temperament. He had to live a life alone. And the Lord would call upon him, even to obey him, when it would break his heart. But we see as Samuel laid hold of, of his calling as a prophet, the Lord had even something more in line. The Lord wanted to raise up Samuel as the last judge and deliverer of Israel. So Samuel, the prophet of the Lord, the young boy, had to watch as Israel went further away from the living God. 
Even as he was being established as a prophet in Israel, Israel was losing their freedom to the Philistines. So, when he found Israel was you remember in the tragic battle that the ark was taken by the Philistines. Eli and his sons died. The glory departed from the tabernacle in Shiloh. The Philistines ended up capturing cities. And even though the Lord sovereignly brought the ark back to Israel, it was still very dark time. The Lord waited 20 years through these dark times to lay hold of Samuel to be a judge to deliver Israel. When we come to the story in 1 Samuel 7, this is the time when Samuel became a judge in Israel. He was now 40 years old. And the, uh, the uh, Philistines had been oppressing for 20 years. And God was to raise him up as a deliverer 